Hello again from the future slash present uh, Empire Diaries listeners. Today we have another fun message for you guys, uh, except for one that's not that fun, which is going into this podcast. I don't think we ever discussed or really thought about talking about like behind the scenes things as they pertain to actors uh, and their personalities and whether or not they're assholes. Mm-hmm. So some things have come to light about a certain actor who plays a certain character that we all kind of love uh, and we have praised a lot. And luckily we are putting this uh, before a still relatively early episode, uh, especially for that character. So we're just going to say that even now, as we're recording in the future, I don't know if we're going to address it too much until, unless it like comes out in a major, major way more than it has at this point. Yeah. Uh, And that's really the case for anyone. Mm-hmm. On the show, uh, as far as I know, even if some people are dicks, I don't think anything like really big has come out yet, though, for the people. Um, to make it clearer, this is uh, the same day that The Flash just fired uh, Hartley Sawyer for his past racist and misogynistic tweets, which was kind of like the gateway to hearing about another DW actor um, and things they have done and said. So, yeah, we weren't planning to talk about this in general, and then... It came to light, so now I have to say something. Yes, and and we've been talking about it, and and like Latoya said, we've always been more of a recap and a show and discussion of the like story of the show and the production of it in terms of how it was written and crafted as a narrative and how they played to certain performers' strengths and things like that. But it's not always been about the cultural footprint it uh, leaves for uh, for better or for worse, and not really about its actors but obviously we are a podcast or I hope it's obvious uh that we're a podcast that doesn't think it's cool to be racist sexist homophobic transphobic any kind of uh bullshit prejudice that is unfair and unfounded and gross uh but it's a tough thing to get into without making the podcast all about that right now uh so if we say some things, uh, I hope that you guys will cut us the slack and we will be better in the future about uh, not talking up anyone who may or may not be not so great. Jill? <laughs> I know I'm trying to figure out what else to add. Uh, you guys pretty much covered it, but it, even though we don't really, as you guys have said, we don't really delve into the personal lives of the actors, it is something that we needed to address in order to move forward. Because obviously it matters uh, if these people are saying awful, harmful shit uh, and we don't condone or uh, promote that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with that, The Empire Diaries. Hello and welcome to Empire Diaries. We know the risk, but we had to podcast. I am one of your hosts, Latoya Ferguson, and I cannot get through that intro without laughing. I am Morgan Ludich, and that's exactly the way I want it. <laughs> and I'm just Jill Dayfield. <laughs> she has no thoughts either way. And today we are talking about uh, episodes 11 and 12 of season one, Bloodlines and Unpleasantville. Uh, but first we are going to talk about something... A revelation from episode 12 on Pleasantville. Damon and Stefan Salvatore are biological brothers. Take it away, Jill. Listen, do you know how many 
fucking vampire shows there are to keep their shit straight. (laughs) I thought that they were just like pals back in the old days, and then they were both sired by the same person, so they called themselves brothers. (laughs) I think that makes sense. But what about the flashback in 1864 where they were both humans and still brothers? But like I said, they could have just been pals. They look nothing alike. (laughs) If if I may, I would like to read a section of the chat. Please do. Is where Jill Jill just says, wait, are they literal brothers? (laughs) To which Latoya replied, dot, 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 yes. And I said, yes. And then I said, Jill. And then Latoya said, Jill. And then I said, wait. And we paused the video. <laughs> As we move forward, Latoya says, oh my God. I say, Jill, in all caps. Latoya says, oh my God. Oh my God. Jill says, what? <laughs> I say, oh my goodness. Jill says, what is happening? I say that I just yelled and now Michael is here because my boyfriend Michael was watching something on the Criterion channel in the other room because he thinks he's fancy. (laughs) And then he ran in here to hear this and was so thrilled. I said, they are brothers. And Jill said, okay, I thought they were just sired by the same person. And then, I mean, largely, we just devolve into a lot of all caps, and we have the argument that we're going to continue to have right now. But it was a really shocking moment, and I I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I was (laughs) crying laughing. (laughs) Michael was pacing around my bedroom. (laughs) It really threw me when they said Dad's journal. I was like, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) If you thought they were just friends, why do they both have the last name Salvatore? Did they have the same last name in the past? Yes, the whole point is that they're part of the founding families. They're, they are repeatedly called the Salvatore brothers. But they could have chosen that last name after being sired by the same person. Like the Cullens. They wrote their name in the little thing. It's in the founders party from they the first founders nothing. party. They were both the Salvatores. So, have you seen Twilight? Do you know how many they were humans at that point? <laughs> in 1864, the one year that matters on this show, they were still humans, and they still both had the last name Salvatore. Guys, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, look. Now we know. <laughs> now we have it on the record. <laughs> 12 episodes in! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so happy. I, I and, and Jill's the best. I do want that on the record. We are not uh, making fun of Jill. She is the best. No, we're just and making me a big old dummy. I adore her. I do wonder if there are any other newbies, I'm assuming, watching along with us or just... When you were watching originally, people, and you're like, oh, they're actually supposed to be brothers? Because Joel does make a good point. Ian Summerhalder and Paul Wesley look nothing alike. And of course, you know, sure, we all know that Paul Wesley is the picture of an Italian-American man. But (laughs) Paul Wasilewski is super Italian. Look, he makes his own mozzarella. (laughs) Don't know what else do you want from the guy? 
Oh, wow. And, and it, like, as if these two episodes weren't enough, we got a wonderful revelation. I mean, <laughs> I guess this isn't really so much a spoiler. It's just letting you know. In the next episode, in a flashback, because we did see that there will be flashbacks just from Netflix starting the episode next, we meet uh, the Salvatore brothers' father. The father, mm-hmm. you know, the father who spawned them. They came out of his penis. <laughs> I'm going to say a limited family resemblance. (laughs) He has a very Italian name, though, and we'll save that for next episode, though. Hell yeah, we will. (laughs) I'm just going to put it on the record that I think that I have a very fair argument here. I think I totally, I now see it through your eyes and I understand it, even though it was not my experience. (laughs) There were just so many context clues and direct lines that suggested otherwise. No, I, I disagree. <laughs> they don't, like, if they were just, like, two dudes, they would have, like, never talked again. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. I don't. Maybe they, like, would. <laughs> fair listeners, please chime in. Would they have hung out if they were just some dudes? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> Does uh does Michael want to chime in on this one? Um, he is watching whatever he's watching on the Criterion channel. I will uh, I'll text him and see if he'll come in. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was a it was a shocking revelation in in two episodes full of shocking revelations. That was the biggest one, I think so. Yeah, that was I've I've in in watching in the I've watched all of these episodes many times, but I've never uh, had this emotion while watching. <laughs> And I gotta say, it heightens the whole thing, the whole experience. Next rewatch after this, I'm gonna rewatch it as though they're just some guys and not brothers. No. We'll love to hear your thoughts. Uh, hey! Wow. All right. Stepping up to the mic, we've got uh, Michael Jason. Hey, everyone. Hey. Our listeners, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to be part of this. I was uh, planning on making my debut in a, a couple more episodes, uh, but obviously uh, circumstances necessitate uh, some, some input here. <laughs> um, Michael, if you can just take us into your emotional headspace when you first heard Jill's <laughs> that these are just two guys. Just two dudes. Uh, Like, it's such a, it's just a really great, like, you know, because it's not like they're, like, being subtle about it and you're supposed to guess. Like, like that's the version where it's like, wait, you didn't realize? But this is more like such such a forest for the trees kind of thing where, like, they tell you repeatedly that they're brothers. So it's just like... Something about that was so, like, you took it so for granted that they weren't. <laughs> like, you saw two people, and it was like, what's their relationship to... Okay, the first thing I know, these are not brothers. <laughs> so they must be saying that they're brothers for some kind of, you know, metaphorical reason. And also that it's like, you know, like another uh, vampire fiction. But uh, I just, you know, I'm very happy to hear it. It's as if every shred of evidence that came up that was like, they're related. You were just like, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. It's like, a, it's Arrested Development when like, uh, Buster only realizes that his uncle is his father from like, the one thing he says that's not a double entendre intentional clue. <laughs> the pop secret. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Jill, thank you. You're so welcome. I, I I wanted to say when the when we were talking about this, I was like, well, this is a show technically like about fa- found family and how like in a way like Elena and Bonnie are sisters and that that matters just as much as like Stefan and Damon being brothers. So in a way, you just got to the theme very quickly. <laughs> oh. Thank you for coming in, buddy. No, yeah, sure thing. Thank you, Michael. Well, we have established that I don't use my brain. Uh, we can move on. No, I think, you, I think you use it at such a, you know, at such a unique frequency. It's yeah. more like it's vibrating at such a level that this just didn't sync up with you. And I think that's very, like, I, that's why we need your takes. That's why yeah. we're doing it. This was a galaxy brain situation, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Jill, you have a galaxy brain. Perfect. Love to hear it. <laughs> so now that we've discussed whether or not Stefan and Damon Salvatore are brothers, uh, we can talk about these episodes. So, uh, Bloodlines and Unpleasant, Bill. Uh, let's talk about Bloodlines first, Jill. Uh, How did you feel about that episode? Ooh. Started strong with a Melis Jow credit. <laughs> <laughs> you were really hyped for that. Ooh, I don't usually read the credits, and I don't know why I caught that one, <laughs> but I saw her name and I was like, ooh, I'm in. I am in. Do you like Anna so far? Um, yeah, she's intriguing. I like that she, um, I figured she was probably a vampire, but I like that she's, like, technically part of the bad crew. Mm-hmm. My, I'm doing quotes with my hands right now, bad crew. Um, yeah, she's she's interesting. I like her. Yeah, I like it's a it's a nice performance, and these are two really nice episodes for her. I think she's like incredibly winning, and uh, she's really nice to see with Jeremy. Like, mm-hmm. I think I know that he's had scenes with Matt Davis before, but his scenes with both Alaric and Anna are so nice. Like, it's just really nice to see people meet him just as Jeremy two and like only have that um, evidence uh, to formulate their take on him. So it's nice to see like people meet him and be like, treat him like the sweet kid he is, because that's who he is now. So yeah, I think a nice color on him. Although apparently Jeremy 2.0 is actually Jeremy 1.0, and Stoner Jeremy was Jeremy 2.0. Very, very true. This is 1.0 again. <laughs> yeah, he's just back to normal, basically. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Sweetie. Yeah, I'm I'm I enjoy this Jeremy so much more than uh then Jeremy, Stoner Jeremy. Stoner, slut shamer Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also got in this episode Gina Torres as Brie, a, a witch from Damon's past. How do you feel about that, Jill? Um, yeah. I have Damo Brie Hello in my notes. <laughs> um, but then obviously it does not end with hello. It ends with goodbye. She could have been a fun character. Yeah. It is a bummer because Gina Torres is so great, but it's also kind of great that this show, like, on a genre show like this, once in a while when you see a great character, like, played by a great actor, you're like, oh, okay, awesome. Is the show going to burn this out? And, like, am I going to not be excited to see this person anymore by, like, this character's, uh, you know, the end of their time on the series? And that is not the case here. They, uh, you know, use every part of what makes her exciting to have. And so she does get to do, like, a whole bunch of stuff in this episode that's really fun. 
this was an interesting time in Gina Torres's career too. She was a uh, on Gossip Girl for a couple episodes before this as Vanessa's mother, which that's just kind of a waste of Gina Torres, isn't it? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. She was there during the classic Thanksgiving episode where we learned that uh, Jenny's sweet potatoes are bland. <laughs> oh my. Although with this guest appearance, I always kind of wonder, like, did Kevin Williamson call in our favor or something? I, it's just kind of, to me, I'm like, how did they get Gina Torres on this show? And <laughs> kind of like this early in the show, too. Yeah, it is really early. The show had definitely not become, like, in any way, like, I mean, I mean the show hadn't become big yet. And... It definitely wouldn't have been big by the time it was being filmed. So, like, the only possible way was that there was buzz around the studio of it being, like, a really strong pilot and a strong first couple of episodes. So, maybe that's it? Yeah, it's, I just always wondered about that. Uh, It's very Vampire Diaries for them to introduce her and then to kill her, despite you thinking, Gina Torres, she's going to stick around. But I am kind of like, but how did they get Gina Torres? Yeah, it's a big get. But she's fucking great. I love Brie. Uh, she's, got a great, she's got a great vibe. Uh, she makes out with Damon and tries to kill him in a single episode, which is like the two things that people should be doing to Damon. So I'm very in. And it's, of course, interesting to note that this episode was written by show creators, showrunners, Kevin Williamson and Julie Pleck, which uh, it's a pretty big episode. So, you know, it, it makes sense. Yeah, a lot happens in it. Um, should we should we get into it? Yes, yes. Um, so we begin right where we left off in the last episode, uh, at least not waiting like three months for that to happen. <laughs> With uh, Elena, she's been in a car accident because of something, someone in the road. Stefan's calling her on the phone, goes to voicemail. He's like, I can explain. To which I'm like, no, how can you explain? You don't even know the answer. Yeah, can you? <laughs> Uh, a lot of screaming as the dude walks slowly to her. Mm-hmm. And then Damon saves her life, which is what a twist from the beginning of the series where he was all up in the road, not saving people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have written Damo appears and then horny with a bunch of exclamation <laughs> <laughs> You gotta get horny early. You gotta, that's what, that's what, why, you know, that's the magic you get when Kevin Williamson and Julie Fleck write a script together. You're going to get me right up top. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets her out of the car. She immediately says to him, I look like her. He says, huh? And then she faints. She clearly has a concussion. No one's checking on people with concussions on this show. They really need to. Yeah. Uh, we got to watch out for people with head injuries in everything. I mean, but in, in TV and movies in general, people are constantly getting like bonked to knock them out. And then it's never something anyone worries about. And if you get bonked, go to a doctor. <laughs> it, it was like... On Smallville, Clark would always knock people out. Like the villains, and sometimes just friends with like he would throw them or he's like bonk, literally just bonk them on the head because he's Clark Kent, he's Superman. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where it's like this was even before we were all talking about CT. But even then, I was like, there has to be some brain damage. Like Superman just like bonked you on the head. Yeah, there's the there's like that episode of Supergirl where they acknowledge that like people uh, criminals use the Supergirl defense to get out of jail. Or they're like, yeah, I was concussed and, like, all the evidence from my case was destroyed because, like, Supergirl, like, you know, flew off through the roof. Like, yeah, sometimes uh, the supernatural people, people can get irresponsible. <laughs> I can't stand by it. <laughs> uh, I'm a- anti-concussion, uh, anti-brain damage. That's my platform. <laughs> of 
strong statement. Yeah, this podcast is anti-brain damage. Oh, no, actually. <laughs> how does Jill feel about brain damage? Um, Listen, I'm going to put it out there. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not inflict it on people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vampire Diaries, you're on notice. <laughs> I've not seen any more head bumps on this show. Problematic. Problematic head bumps. So, yeah, she passes out. Damon looks around to see if the stalker creep is around, but no. So he carries her, like Ryan Atwood carrying Marissa Cooper after she just OD'd in TJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And then the title card, Vampire Diaries. And then we get Alaric's Vampire Diary. And just so you know, Alaric's not a regular teacher. He's a cool teacher. He types his Vampire Diary Doogie Hauser style. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I love, uh, I love Alaric. I love his Vampire Diary. And I love that his flashback is set to Cosmic Love by Florence. You were so hyped for that song. And then you're like, wait, this is where it happens? Such an unmomentous flashback. Like, it's not that it's a bad scene or anything. I was just like, this is a bit like a big epic song. And they use it for him to be like, hey, dead wife. And dead wife to be like, hey, dead wife. Let's establish that you're my dead wife, and which is you know the perfectly solid and good scene, but it's just such a um intense song. <laughs> In Alaric's Vampire Diary, he's talking about how you know he finally saw a vampire and he like finally killed one. He's like, I did it, basically. He's really hype. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be serious, but like he's really just amped, kind of like us, which is why we are the Vampire Diaries podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, and in this flashback with dead wife, it's pre her death. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just being cute. Uh, his dead wife uh, is played by Mia Kirshner. Mm-hmm. You might know from uh, The L Word or Not in Our Teen Movie mm-hmm. or just being, being dead wife on the show. Have, what are you guys, what are your guys' um, takes on both of those properties? I have not seen The L Word and I love Not Another Teen Movie. I love Not Another Teen Movie. I've seen... Uh, I've now seen, I guess, two episodes of The L Word. I've seen an episode of the pilot of the original and the, the pilot of the, I guess, continuation. So just like, um, and so literally for The L Word, it was what, a Thanksgiving one year at my friend's place. And then some friends were like, you haven't seen The L Word? And they put it on, but they were talking the entire time. It was Thanksgiving. So I didn't really get to process it. Fair enough. And then I I was surrounded by a lot of lesbians seeing the premiere of L Word Generation Q, which that was fun, at least that part. Yeah. There was one character, one of the new characters who was focused on way too much and I hated her. So I was like, I don't really need to <laughs> go back to this. I probably will. Uh, I think my mom's seen all of the L word. I don't know how or why. And I don't want to press on to figure out how or why. Uh, I love Sarah Shahi, but I, I could just watch Person of Interest again or Life. <laughs> I don't need to watch the L word. It's on my like forever list that is like constantly growing. Yes. But, uh, so far, it's not very, it's not super high on it because I hear a lot of people say that they find it very frustrating. Yeah, it's bad, but I guess it's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jill, what about you? I've seen neither of them, so not another teen movie rules. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do another teen movie night. Uh, <laughs> maybe not an L word night. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Have you seen Cruel Intentions, Jill? Yes. So, like, Mia Kirshner is essentially, like, playing Sarah Michelle Gellar in Cruel Intentions. Ooh. And, like, the object of her affection is Chris Evans, who is, like, not interested at all. Why is that? (laughs) Because they're brother and sister. (laughs) But he plays it with the funniest amount of disgust in the universe. Like, he's just like, ew. 
<laughs> you quit it? Like, the whole thing. <laughs> it's a very good movie. Highly recommend. <laughs> and this has been not that our teen movie talk. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, they're cute. They, she's, you know, she's doomed to die, and he's sweet. We like them. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah. Um, then uh, Elena wakes up in a car, and she is going to Georgia with one demo. Yeah, I wrote all caps, road trip, baby. I wrote in all caps, this is kidnapping. Oh, yes, that. I also wrote, Jill is hyped to see Melise Zhao in credits. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. I love her. She's a very winning performer. She really is. I wrote down Damon's line, I could easily make you more agreeable. And that was very upsetting to you. Stefan then calls, and then, like, Elena won't talk to him. And he's like, is she okay? And David says, she's fine. <laughs> Which is very funny of him. Then he tells Stefan, have a good day. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then they get out of the car and they see some cows, which Jill was really <laughs> Oh my gosh. I wanted them to go over to the cows. Yeah, Jill was really hyped about the cows. I don't know if she missed the part where <laughs> Elena made Demo promise not to like mind control her and all of the stuff, but she was really into the cows. Mm-hmm. I No, I did understand the scene. I was following along, but... No, I don't think you didn't understand the scene. I was just was making sure you were paying attention and not just to the cows. Yeah, no, I was. Don't worry. I just I really like cows, so when they're on the screen... I'm automatically drawn to the cow. <laughs> There's a very good uh, cow scene in Friday Night Lights that I need uh, to get you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she does ask, he's asked her to step away from her life for five minutes. And she uh, asks if she'll be safe with him. And he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm cool, but sure. <laughs> Which is not the most satisfying answer, but it's so exciting to see them like have together after this much time like this is their first real like just the two of them story am i right about that yes yeah they show they've shown like a lot of restraint because i mean this isn't a spoiler to say i think to jill that like a lot of drama is going to result from like a love triangle between elena and the two salvatore brothers um and i think they've they've done a really good job i think building her connection with Stefan and then allowing this new thing with Damon to blossom, like whether it's like a friendship or something else. Like it's, it's really interesting. Like it's really hard to play a girl cop between two guys, like all the time. Uh, You kind of usually have to play like she's with one or she's with the other. And they do a really good job balancing it here. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a very good beginning to the demo story. And uh, then while Elena's like playing hooky, we go back to school. Mm-hmm. And this scene is pretty funny. Uh, we have Rick not outside of his car. He's basically making sure he's inside his very dark car, which I don't understand if that's how the sun works when you're outside. <laughs> but okay. Looking for his ring and he can't find it. But then he finds it, puts it on, and then he comes out into the sun. You see what they're doing there? Episode 12 basically answers the question if he's a vampire or not. But we're still playing with that here. Oh, really? I felt like that was, like, the moment that you know he's not, because he kind of, like, pops out and then puts the ring on and is like, hey! Like, I I thought it was like, yeah, like, obviously he'd be, like, burnt if he was out here right now. Oh, I didn't realize that that was still... I think they're playing a little bit of, like, what is the truth? Because it's one of those things where, it's kind of like in Buffy, you know, where Spike would have a very thin blanket over his head and then he wouldn't completely burst into flames. Where 
I think that he honestly, Matt Davis comes out of the car right before he puts on the ring. So in theory, that oh. should answer the question. But uh, it's like just a little bit more question, and then it's completely answered in uh, the next episode. Mm-hmm. How did you see it, Jill? I still have no idea what the fuck's going on, but. I- <laughs> I've never felt more like a moron than I have in these two episodes. So. No, 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 but yeah, I didn't even, um, I couldn't tell that it was confirmed in episode 12. Is that dumb? I can explain why, you, let's just get there. The reason why it's confirmed is because he's holding a huge thing of Ravain. And he's not like feeling weird about it. Oh. But also he's holding it and he's holding it to prevent being um, compelled. And yeah. vampires can't compel vampires. Um, as someone who's been in a lot of uh, network notes calls, I still feel like this is a little bit of a hard walk. Um, and I feel like I'm surprised they got this like by the studio. <laughs> uh, Kevin Williamson can do whatever he wants. That's the thing. He absolutely can. And on the CW, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Absolutely, he can. <laughs> but um, Jeremy and Alaric have a nice little scene. They talk about his project mm-hmm. and uh, Jeremy's all sunshiny and uh, It's all about like, I'm gonna do it about 1864 the best year there was. <laughs> and and Alaric's like, oh, what a good year. <laughs> then next up we have Stefan coming to school but not going to class again. Again. I was like, going to class? Just chilling again? Chilling again. Later, like in the next episode Alaric is like, yeah, I hear Stefan Salvatore is really smart. Never met him. <laughs> You've been here a while. Jill, how do you feel about Stefan's education? Uh, he's old as shit. He probably knows everything he needs to know. I mean, you never stop learning, you guys. You stop learning what they teach you in history class. If it's just the Civil War and you were there. Yeah. You guys, I have this image of Stefan at his desk in his bedroom, hunched over, like, doing Spanish conjugation worksheets, being like, fuck, I gotta get this in, like, it's due tomorrow, this is so stupid. I appreciate it because the Vampire Diaries realizes, like, the Stefan not going to class but coming to school, they realize how stupid it is, mm-hmm. but it's, it's also still stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, as if he couldn't pass for, like, 18. Like... I just imagine what do all the other like what does Tyler think about the fact that the Stephen kid keeps coming to school but not actually coming to school? Well, you know Tyler's talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Bonnie and Stephen have their little scene, and basically he's like, "Hey, can we do some magic?" And she's like, "No." And then he's like, "But it's for Elena." And Bonnie is this nice moment where she's like, "Look, I really appreciate you helping me, but I'm not like ready to be like part of the Scooby Gang." Essentially, yeah, she's accepting uh, some of her wit stuff but she doesn't want to get sucked into like this whole vampire world and everything which i think is understandable but you know of course fandom was like bonnie's a bitch it's like she's like fucking 16 or whatever like give her a minute and like damon tried to kill her in the last episode she's scared jill do you think that bonnie's a bitch for not wanting to help Stefan? bonnie's never a bitch there you go that's the answer that's the that's the answer on this Jocelyn podcast. We're also a positive. Jocelyn that we're positive. 
Um, but then uh, she agrees. She's like, oh, of course, you know, it's, if it's for Elena. And she tries to do what I called baby's first locator spell. Uh, but she can't. And then she tries to make a little leaf float. And she can't do that either. So she finds out there's a problem with her match. Poor girl. Poor buddy. She runs to Graham's where Stefan just stays at school, which he will not attend. <laughs> She's going to hang out a little bit. Um, then we have another uh, Damon and Elena scene. Um, and, uh, he said, she's like, did you know the vampire who attacked me? And he's like, no, I've never met him. How would I know him? Uh, and then we pull up to a bar and Elena's like, I'm a literal child. You can't take me to a bar. And he's like, I can do it <laughs> You skipped his vamp bar and grill joke, which is a, a true blood reference. Take it away, Jill. Fantasia. Guys, I almost bought a Fantasia shirt. That's so cute. Why didn't you? That's a great question. <laughs> You can make that dream come true for yourself. Just allow yourself to be happy. Yeah, I should buy a Fantasia shirt. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Could you have a really fun um, uh, Soki costume for Halloween. Like, you could do a, like, you could wear the outfit for Merlots, right? Yeah. Yeah, for I'm sure. constantly plotting people's Halloween costume. I'll be Bonnie, and I'll get, like, an ugly crystal. <laughs> <laughs> or you could be Bonnie at the 50s dance and be very cute. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Wait, guys, should we be Bonnie, Elena, and Caroline at the 50 stand? Oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to go buy a bump it. <laughs> As if you don't already have one. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Bump It, you guys. You're <laughs> my Bump It. Uh, so this has been Bump It's Corner, the part in the episode where we talk about Bump It's, which honestly has come up more in the show than you would expect outside of the 50s dance episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. very strange, but it happens. A, there's a lot of bump it ha- action happening in the Vampire Diaries. Look, people had to have a very specific portion of their hair volumized. And when you needed that back in 2009, you got to bump it. It's true. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so as you were saying, Elena's like, I'm a literal child. <laughs> and Damon's like, when has underage drinking ever been a problem on this show? <laughs> it hasn't reached like its peak yet, though. They're still normal. Children are not casually drinking bourbon, yes. <laughs> not yet. Not yet, but I can't wait until they do. Um, then we go in and we meet Brie, and her opening line is yelling, my honey pie, and then making out with Damon. Uh, and Gina Torres, they're, they're not letting Gina Torres be as tall as she is, but she is still towering over Ian Summerhalder. And then they make out, and it's great. They do, and she's great. Like I want, I uh, everything she says is great. Um, I love her. <laughs> she like big toast, where she's like, "Here's to the man that like broke my heart, crushed my soul, destroyed my life, and ruined any and all chances of happiness." I mean, because yeah, we basically eventually learn that the reason he knows about the spell to get Catherine out is because of her. He basically seduced her and made her fall in love with him. When she was in college, and then he's like, hey, why don't you tell me about all this comet stuff and crystals? She is remarkably chill about it. Like, I and, I, and I'm saying that with full knowledge she's complicit in trying to murder him later. But that's only because of Lexi, not because of the other stuff he did to her. Yeah, she's like, oh yeah, like that old, that old chestnut when I fell in love with you, but you were just using me to find out about your like lost love's curse that sealed her into a tomb. That was fun. I love you. I love it. She's so chill. She's doing that accent, which usually I would insult, but it's Gina Torres, so I'll allow it. It's great. 
However, um, she calls him a walkaway Joe, which is great. <laughs> like, there's like a this character kind of only works if she's played by Gina Torres, so maybe this was like a very specific favor call in, but like she just does such a good job. I I love her. Yes. A plus. Yeah. <laughs> it's we're just gonna like sing our praises about Gina Torres, honestly. It's mm-hmm. she's so good. Jill, what did you think? Yeah, she's great. Uh the only thing I said in the chat it looks like was tall. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. So true. <laughs> uh very, very true. Um walk away, Joe. What a line. And she talks about his penis and how good he is at sex to Elena. Oh, uh, that is so crazy when she's like, he's great at fucking, right? And Elena's like, uh, I'm a kid. Elena's <laughs> oh, in this bar just talking about how she's a kid over and over again. I I love and I love it. And and like uh, this is such a good episode for Elena. Like Nina Darbrev is so fun in it. I I'm gonna talk about it later. Uh I love her. She's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Because she is a kid. Mm-hmm. She is a child. And then we have Jer in the library. Mm-hmm. And then we get a meet cute, you guys. A Jeremy Gilbert meet cute, and it is good. It is. Kaplunk kaboom. <laughs> I wrote my note to noggin bumps. <laughs> Just a couple cuties bonking into each other. Well, noggin bumps, comma cuties is exactly what I wrote. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, Jill, what did you think of this uh, potential new ship? Uh,. I don't really ship it. <laughs> wow. Mm, okay. What? What's your reasoning there? Because I liked how I like. I want her. I don't know. I can't put it into words. I like that she. I want her to be bad. Oh, so you, were, were you thinking that at first, or only because of the second episode? Were you already thinking like I don't want her to be good in this first episode? Oh no, I I did not think of her as a good character in the first in Bloodlines. I was like, there's something else happening here. Right. Oh. At this point, you just don't trust anyone is what it seems like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you're new, it's like, I don't trust you. You're evil, right? (laughs) That's like the correct take to have. Like that is, that is, you are, you are protecting yourself uh, accordingly. The exception was Lexi and she was murdered. So going forward, if there are new characters, they are bad until proven otherwise. (laughs) That's pretty fair. They are, like everyone is pretty guilty until proven innocent. (laughs) They're either guilty or they're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think they're really cute. I think they're really sweet. Like again, it's just like nice to be like, oh yeah, the only Jeremy Anna knows is like a nice boy. A nice smart boy, too. Yeah, just hanging out in the library. <laughs> yes. I was like, Jeremy's a nerd. Fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's, it's a cute little scene. <laughs> yeah. So Bonnie has gone to Grams and she's going through all of Grams' books. She's like, why the fuck don't I have my powers? Mm-hmm. She won't tell Grams the full story of what's been going on. I know, he keeps Elena's secret. Bonnie is the best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Grams still tells her, like, if you're having an issue with your powers, it's honestly, it's something mental. You need to get whatever's got over whatever's got you scared. Mm-hmm. Good Grams advice, honestly. Good Grams advice. They continue to have like wonderful family chemistry. Like they're Grams is the best. I love I love her. Yes. Move on to an Elena Jenna phone call. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, where she lies to Jenna and says she fell, fell asleep in Bonnie's and then went straight to school. Yep. <laughs> because she's a kid. 
Yep, 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 yep. And you can tell she, like, feels bad about lying, but she does it anyway. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, Nina's good in the scene, and it's like, you know, she's she's slowly kind of, like, getting used to the fact that she's decided to do this. And she's like, all right, I might as well have fun. Like, that's kind of her journey for the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Damon and Brie talk uh, some crystal talk. <laughs> talk some Catherine and some crystal talk. Because mm-hmm. she's like, wow, you're still... Catherine. <laughs> Brie, Lexi, they're like, wow, you guys and your Catherine thing, honestly. It's like they don't know Catherine, but they know of Catherine and they're just so annoyed by all of this. Anyone who's ever, like, known Damon for, like, a significant chunk of time knows about Catherine. Because you know, the second you get, like, two bourbons into Damon, he's like, I had a great love of my life. Her name was <laughs> Catherine and I was really dicked over and here's the whole story. Like, that's what I love about Damon is that he's, like, kind of an open wound. Like, he's very hurt all the time. He's so emo. I know. I love it. It's, um, when I was first watching this show with, uh, you know, past and future guest uh, Michael Jason he was like do you love this show because like every scene should have fallout boy playing under it (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh fuck you got me (laughs) even my favorite flashback scene especially my favorite flashback scene and that's what it's like to be seen (laughs) y'all it is it's tough Uh, but uh yeah this show is very emo and I say that in the best way uh, humanly possible. <laughs> yes. This show's a, a real dashboard confessional, if you will. A real pop punk kind of show. <laughs> but uh, this is where Brie kind of explains something about magic that is an important rule for the series, where she says, like, Emily's spell is absolute. Because Damon's like, what if you just made a new spell with a new crystal? And she's like, no, no, I can't do that. Like, when ma- once magic exists, you have to follow its rules. Um, which I think is an important and new, like, magic rule for the show. Gotta follow the rules. There's no alternative way. You you gotta do what you gotta do. But, uh, Emily destroyed that crystal after she was like, I must go. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She had to go, and she had to destroy the crystal. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'll never get over the seance. Uh, How? I I never want you to. (laughs) I would never ask that of you as your friend. Here's something I will ask of Bonnie is don't be a horror movie cliche and say hello, anybody there. And don't fall in a hole. (laughs) Don't do it. I can imagine if you are one of the people who does not like Bonnie, in which case we are in a fight. If you were watching this and she fell in a hole, I can imagine how you might be frustrated. (laughs) Jill, how do you feel about Bonnie falling in a hole? (laughs) Well, as I said in our chat, it looked cool down there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did say you wanted to explore that area <laughs> with Bonnie. Yeah. The area where 27 vampires are sealed and hungry. Yeah. I just love Bonnie. You're a risk taker, and we love that about you. <laughs> but yeah, there was nobody there, just a hole for her to fall in. Mm-hmm. And that can't be good that that's exposed now. Yeah, it's spooky, and she doesn't have cell service, and we're worried. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Stefan uh, and Elena finally talk on the phone. Oh, boy. She's mad that he lied to her, which is fair. Mm -hmm. And uh, Stefan's like, I don't know how you're connected to Catherine. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Damon's listening in so he can lurk appropriately. 
Yeah, he comes in with like a he comes in fully with like a 30 rock, hey baby, what's wrong? <laughs> and she's like, fuck off. Meanwhile, Brie turns on the blender and makes a phone call. Very smart, Brie. That way yeah. Damon can't hear. She's like, you know, Damon's here. So someone for Damon, baby. Yeah. And then my next beat is just Bonnie in hole, exclamation point. Bonnie in the hole is my notes. She continues to be in the hole for sure. I feel like it's we should have been saying pit the whole time so we could have played the pit from Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah, we should have. All right. We'll, we'll still do it. Please dub over all of us saying hole with pit. So it's the pit here. And then if we're just going to transition into Plum's Cut, our favorite song. <laughs> Which I did try to listen to um, the other day, and I texted you guys, and I could only make it through two minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, early, I got a minute. And also, when the chat started, I made sure to hit Morgan with the, the link to the music video, and it was very good. It is black and white, guys. <laughs> I Plum rolled her. <laughs> uh... Yeah, let's do that forever now. <laughs> um, Stefan and Grams then have a scene, which is really nice. Um, yes. Which is kind of like, he's like, where's Bonnie? And she's like, I don't know, but you do. <laughs> you vampire. She doesn't even say it, but she's like, I know what you are. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about this in 12, but, you know, vampires can't sense each other, but a witch like Grams can sense a vampire. Mm-hmm. But also, like, she was kind of cheating. Because she, well, as we're learning in the episode, she knew who he was. Yeah. They shake hands, which is, like, it's cool that he, like, he doesn't try to come in or ask to be invited. He just shakes her hand, which is, like, a very vulnerable action from him. It's him being, like, I know that you'll be able to tell what I am through this handshake if you don't know already. Um, And she says that, I trust you'll keep her safe. And that's how you also know he's not really a teenage boy. Yes, he shook her hand. (laughs) What teenage boy is shaking hands? yeah that's not really a thing maybe it's a maybe this is a southern it could this be like a southern gentleman thing a southern from the south no okay then yeah i don't know um but yeah your scene is nice together and then we have another jeremy and anna scene where he's talking about his project and he's like Mm -hmm. yeah all this like local folklore and she like negs him and is like you're probably gonna have to focus your thesis (laughs) and then uh he explains what he's talking about and she's like "Ooh, you mean the vampires which is fun. Then Jeremy's like, I know what metaphors are. Uh, I just honestly just wrote my my notes, homeschooled Anna. <laughs> oh yeah, Anna says that she's homeschooled and that's why she's weird. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she's not even weird yet, but she gets pretty weird because, you know, all the homeschooling. Yeah, look, if, if you're homeschooled, uh, you know, write into us. Let us know how weird you are. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're dying to know how weird you are. I just personally know that I would be very weird if I had been homeschooled. And she's already pretty weird. Yeah. I'm already, yeah, I'm already, like, fucked. I'm irredeemably weird, so. Um, but yeah, they have their little scene. Then uh, Damon and Elena talk, and and uh, Damon says, vampires can't procreate, but we love to try. And then I vomit. <laughs> oh, I loved that. I laughed you very hard. Me on Damo. Damo's my crush for this episode, you guys. <laughs> You're supposed to wait till the segment. I'm just gonna let you know now. <laughs> for this episode of this podcast. As you know, we're all about structure here on this podcast. <laughs> it's a very regimented podcast. Uh, yeah, and then Elena's trying to figure out why does she look like Catherine, mm-hmm. and then Damon's like, you know, well, Catherine would have had to have a child before 
she um was a vampire but like she didn't so who knows what's up Mm -hmm. and she asks him like is this nice act real and she's kind of trying to figure out if she can trust him and then she drinks a beer i want to point out the only part in my notes before the end (laughs) the only part of this is elena doesn't like pickles (laughs) yeah that was a big issue in the chat that is extremely cute because they are like eating together and he's like picking off her plate and he's like you don't like pickles what's wrong with you and it's like a very nice oh, uh, little organic moment for the two of them loved it the thing that's wrong with her is she's a child with a terrible palate guys i don't like pickles what's wrong with you you child you like you don't like pickles you like juice as your alcohol we do all know that i have a child palate and that is truth. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you were very excited, Morgan, that this is our first child just given alcohol by an adult. All you had to do is ask. I feel like we've really hyped up uh, adults giving children alcohol for the show for Jill. <laughs> just something to keep an eye out for. Um, we move on. We have a, another Jeremy and Anna scene. And, she, and Anna says, man, you're smart. I wouldn't have pegged you for this, which is so funny. She just tells him he looks dumb. I mean, he brings up allegories. I'm like, who is this Jeremy? Mm-hmm. Even I'm surprised he's smart. Yeah. And uh, then she has a family journal, right? Yes. Everyone has family journals. Everyone has their own vampire diaries. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Uh, my next beat is Bonnie in a hole. This is where, uh, real quick, uh, where Jeremy notes that he's like, he's being his old self, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've talked about it a bit, but yeah, those first few episodes with Jeremy really hurt his character a lot moving forward because he's rather pleasant post compulsion just to be basically to take away his suffering basically back to normal but yeah him dealing with his trauma was not fun to watch it's very hard and it's very and it's very like him acting out causes him to be like the vulnerable link that people can exploit all the time Mm -hmm. like in those first couple episodes which is like a hard position for any character to be in and be likable like it's the Mm -hmm. same way that like people don't like Bonnie one because they're racist and two because she's you know kind of refusing the call a lot Mm -hmm. which is a hard position to justify your character being in because it feels like they're standing in the way of the story happening but it's just you know like it's a convention of storytelling like it's a thing that exists for a reason I'd say part of it is also that uh I mean not just like slam on him but like Stephen R. McQueen is not the best actor on the show and I think, like, this version of Jeremy is honestly just probably closer to what his personality is as a human being from what I've heard in general. So it's like, this is easier for him to do than, like, the angsty, you know, traumatized uh, teenager he had to do at the beginning of the show. Yeah, he's, I think the, seemingly this was a cast that really got along very well. And, like, it just seems like it's it's a no-brainer to make him more winning to make us like him. And it feels like everybody liked him on set, so why not just have him be like the guy everyone likes that's always an easy pivot <laughs> what do you think jill I, I like him i liked him angsty and i like him like this so <laughs> <laughs> oh wow you were you were into the angst i'm always into angst. yeah <laughs> you're like bring back the angst bring back the black nail polish he <laughs> was wearing black nail polish we didn't address that but that happened he did yeah oh, wait okay i revise everything that i've ever said jeremy gilbert's valid <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, um what's next? Yeah, uh Anna says he's dumb, uh Bonnie's in a hole. Um <laughs> and Elena have a shot contest. Oh wait, we have to bring up that Stefan saved her from the hole. 
uh, vampire jump. Oh, yeah. She says she heard the vampires and asked, asked Stefan if they're in pain, which is, like, really sad. And he says, not anymore because of desiccation. So, yeah. But, uh, Bonnie. How can you hate Bonnie? She wanted to know if the vampires were in pain. She's a sweetheart. She's a good kid. You're all on my list, you anti-Bonniers. Every single one of you. No, she's lovely. There are, there are I think, plot lines in the future that are tougher for Bonnie and that I think test can 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 test uh some patiences but uh this is not that like bonnie's lovely because i know especially there's a part coming up soon in this season where people get like really upset with bonnie i'm like no she's in the right with her attitude and behavior but we'll get there we'll get there really soon actually yeah um but yeah the i i really like her and stefan are really sweet and i think like it's, it's a nice, like, echo of the Grams scene. The idea that, like, maybe he's building the kind of respect that he has with Grams, like, with Bonnie right now. Um, mm-hmm. Which is really cool and very sweet. And, um, yeah, it's nice of him to, you know, jump her out of that little hole. Uh, Elena's drunk. She's a drunk child. Mm-hmm. She asked David if he needs a bib. Uh, and he says that he can't unhinge his jaw like a snake. <laughs> And I love them. She's doing shots with the locals. Mm-hmm. Her tolerance is very high. Yeah, apparently. And then enter in the background Tommy Dawkins from the Fox Family series Big Wolf on Campus. Whoop. Just lurking. Uh, Big Wolf on Campus. A classic Canadian television program. Mm-hmm. What a time. I remember watching that when I was young. <laughs> the days. Uh, Jeremy and Anna play foosball. <laughs> Um, and she's like, what if we eat a movie night? And he's like, no. I, I mean, here's a, a, a good sign, uh, I guess foreshadowing, when he brings up Lost Boys in Near Dark and she's like, I have no idea what that is. It's not just because she's a, a homeschooled weirdo. Yep. Um, Jeremy Gobert loves Catherine Bigelow and that's that. <laughs> he loves Joel Schumacher and Catherine Bigelow and that's the tea. <laughs> um... Yeah, and and I don't blame him. I don't blame him for either of those takes. They're great. they're good takes. But yeah, she wants to have a fright night. Which Jeremy have a fright night with the girl, but he's he's he gets weird about it because you know he's still processing. Well, not even he's not really because he was compelled not to, but whatever <laughs> the whole Vicky thing. Yeah, we'll kind of backfill um, how he's feeling about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, just not having a relationship anymore. I guess that's what he's still processing. Not the whole traumatic act of her dying. <laughs> Yeah, just kind of like the emptiness in the place Vicky used to be in his mm. heart is like something he's aware of. <laughs> you can still be a friend with a girl, though, Jeremy. Yeah, this seems like a nice person who you have a nice rapport with. Like, it's okay to be her friend. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, you have no friends. You try to be friends with Tyler. <laughs> That's how desperate to have a friend you are. The only person you seem to have like a nice rapport with at school is your history teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and he's... Like, onto your aunt anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, Jenna calls Elena. A very drunk Elena. And it's like, hey, why didn't you go to school? Yeah, because obviously, the I went to school from Bonnie's uh, excuse works until the school calls your house to be like, you didn't go to school. That's a thing. And that's clearly what happened. Yeah, like, Elena, you should have called in. <laughs> you should have gotten Stefan, who was at school, not attending, to do some compulsion to let them think you were at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like perks of having a vampire boyfriend. Who goes to your school all the time without actually attending. <laughs> the weirdo. 
before Elena can give a bunch of excuses to Jenna, she gets she gets snatched by the big wolf on campus. <laughs> by the big wolf on campus. The titular big wolf on campus. <laughs> uh, Damon goes to look for her, and uh oh, it's a trap. Big wolf on campus is here. <laughs> To be the big vamp on campus. Ooh. Yeah, for like. He douses uh, Damon in gasoline. Because uh, he wants to set him on fire because fire kills vampires. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jill? No. You have any thoughts on, on fire killing vampires? I mean, I'm... St- <sighs> <laughs> like, they, they never said it fully. That's for sure. Like, that's like, it's... they. I think the show does a good job at, like, implying a lot of the mythology and not until they need to. Mm-hmm. I have an actual question. Is there any vampire mythology where uh, fire doesn't kill vampires? That's like an actual question I have. That's a good question. Don't they burn them in Twilight? I don't know. They I do. They they do. do. You, have to, you have to tear their tear them apart and burn the pieces. Yeah. You have to separate them and burn them? Yeah, I think just because the idea is that like if you set a vampire on fire, they're probably, like it takes a while for them to disintegrate. So they'd probably like stop, drop and roll if you didn't tear them apart. I mean, that just seems kind of tedious though. Cause they're like made of weird stone. But a lot of Twilight seems very tedious to me. So look, sounds like someone who's never seen the birth of Renesmee. <laughs> I respect you guys for your Twilight opinions, but I am not a fan. Well, bonus episodes where LaToya watches all the Twilight movies with us. <laughs> Uh, most episodes where I quit the podcast <laughs> because of this abuse. Um, I would just like to argue that the Twilight films are wonderful watches, uh, and I uh, am not budget on that. <laughs> I respect that you believe that. Going back to fire, <laughs> I do want to talk about this because this came up in the chat where I was like, okay, so fire does kill them, mm-hmm. and then. Latoya, I think you said fire is fire? Yes, fire is fire. I said, but bullets are bullets, and those haven't been working in this. Well, those they even say that those don't kill people. Like, well, I mean, those don't kill vampires. It just, to, to hurts them like hell, splinter's bad. Right. Yeah, the, the a wooden bullet can kill a vampire if they're shot in the heart. It would have to be, like, a lot of them, though. Yeah, and, uh... But like, yeah, but like metal bullets won't kill a vampire. Right. Fire will. It's fire um, cutting the head off, wooden stake. Sunlight if you don't have the ring. Stake is only directly in the heart, correct? Yes. yes. Only through the heart. Yeah. Okay. They'll stake each other in the tummy a bunch. Yeah. Just for torture purposes. Okay. I think I got the death portion on lock. <laughs> I think I got that now. <laughs> But a neck snap is just like your standard bonk on the head. It just like renders you like, <laughs> unconscious. Because they're already dead. So you're just gonna, it's not like you need to breathe. Eventually the show, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say one slightly critical thing about the Vampire Diaries, which is rare for me. Uh-oh. Overuse the neck snap a little too much. They are just constantly, like at a certain point in the series, just like snapping each other's necks. to just like end conversations. And I'm like, guys, learn to communicate. And you can already guess, Jill, which one of them does it the most. End conversation. Demo? Of course. Yep. You don't want to have a, like, a serious conversation. Of course I'll snap a fucking neck instead of doing that. <laughs> He's such a little brat. To be fair, it, do- it is a very like, valid piece of characterization for Damon because I do buy that he's not good at ending conversations in a productive way. 
So maybe I take it back. Maybe it's just frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I watch any TV, um, uh, I uh, get dragged for being like, what if you guys talked? What if you had a thoughtful conversation? Um, being my criticism of most scenes, which would be the antithesis of drama. So... <laughs> So yeah, that's your go-to criticism. Mine is, uh, guys, go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Which would also be the antithesis of drama. (laughs) But um, anyway, uh, we're going to set, we soaked him in gasoline and he's going to get set on fire. And Elena saves him by saying, oh, wait, you know, like Lexi turned you. And he's like, well, yeah, because, you know, you're, she, he is the human boyfriend that Lexi talked about being the love of her life. He says, if you want to be with someone forever, you have to live forever. Oh, God. First time that's kind of said aloud on the show. Yeah. Because, like, Bonnie and Elena were talking about uh, in previous episodes, you know, her future with Stefan and all that. It's like, come on, guys, you know, there's only one way there's really a future. I mean, uh Honestly, I feel really bad for Tommy Dawkins, not just because his girlfriend is dead, mm-hmm. but because when he's like attacking David at first, he, he's just like, what did she do to you? Like, what did she do to you? What basically was the reason you killed her? And David even, he knows exactly who he is. He's like, she didn't do anything. And it's just like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Like I killed your girlfriend as a chess move. Like, it's just, it's the worst. And it's it's the thing that makes Damon a really bad person. And, like, I, and I appreciate that the show wants to show you the pretty immediate consequences of that. Like, it's not just Stefan that's going to be mad. Other people loved Lexi, too. And, like, you know, he deserves to get uh, covered in gasoline at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Lexi, obviously, was, like, a good person. Loved to have fun. Was enjoying her, her afterlife. And uh, obviously she attracted other people who love that. Like it makes perfect sense that Brie was friends with Lexi because they both are like have similar vibes where they're just like, like the life of the party. Yeah. So uh, Elena, Elena saves him. And, uh, you know, he says, I I didn't do it, you know, for him. Like, you know, like I, he does it for himself. Like, you know, to not make himself a worse person by becoming a murderer, which is, I think, another thing the show believes in very strongly is that, like, morally killing people is pretty much never the answer. It happens a lot, though. (laughs) But it does happen. We're going to talk about morals and vampire diaries a lot over the seasons. A lot. But uh, right now, fully agree with the aligned uh, moral, with with Elena's uh, take that, like, don't kill Damon. Like, he's not worth, you know, making yourself a worse person over. Yeah. Because he isn't. I mean, it's just, like, this guy, if Lexi loved this guy, I believe he's probably a good dude. So I want good things. Yeah, but I really feel bad for him. Yeah. In a a much nicer uh, scene, uh, the next scene is is another Stefan and Graham scene. He, like, brings Bonnie back. Oh, it's so good. They reveal that they know they met each other once, which is so sweet. Uh, yeah, during the anti-war protests, which I love that Stefan was going to anti-war protests. Yeah, he's like, you were such a great public speaker and all of this stuff. And like, people were really mesmerized by you. And she is, you know, very clearly very flattered by that. And it's it's really sweet. Um, But she kind of says to him, my loyalty only extends so far. So like, you know, my my, you know, my number one priority is keeping like my family safe. So as long as you don't do that, maybe we can be friends. <laughs> because she mentions something that Damon brought to when he was very angry about the whole Emily situation is that this town, if they find out about us, <laughs> they're not going to be nice to either of our families. Mm-hmm. Town is full of terrible people. The founders suck. Yep. 
as we have uh, as we have noticed. So the idea is that they can have kind of this uh, uncomfortable alliance, which is a kind of thing the show uh, really thrives under, like people having you know uh, begrudgingly agreeing to work together to a certain end uh, is uh, one of my favorite Vampire Diaries devices. Yeah, time for the the scene with the weirdest sound mixing ever. Yeah. Uh. So bad. Why did we need the song from the guy from The Calling? We didn't need that. We just needed the score. Yeah, and it's like diegetic and then becomes whatever the other one is. Uh, and it's it's not a good time. And and Bree says, you know, Lexi's my friend. How could you do this? Valid. Uh, then um, she, in an attempt to save her own life, scrambles and is like, if you can get Emily's grimoire, her spell book, like the um, there should be information about her spell, like in there that could help you. And uh, David feels like it's not worth keeping her alive anymore. So he reaches into her chest and rips her heart out because she said she was drinking Vervain. So she pulled at Uncle Zach and uh, told him she was drinking Vervain. Don't do that, you guys. Just let them bite you and then they'll be poisoned. The end. That's the whole like point of drinking Vervain. You don't tip your hand with that one. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer. R.I.P. Bree. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, the next beat I have on my list is a Damon and Elena beat, and the only thing I wrote under it was, I have a crush on them. <laughs> <laughs> See, I saved your life, I know, and don't you forget. Uh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's my only note, too. She's just, like, bragging about saving his life, and it's so cute, and he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's because she definitely does not know that he killed Bree after all that. Yep. <laughs> she has no idea. She would not be being key with him otherwise. Think about that. Oh no. <laughs> yep, not great. Yep. So Elena returns to Mystic Falls and she goes to talk to Stefan. And here we go. Ba-ba-da. Good lord. Uh, he tells her, "You are not Catherine. You are the opposite of everything that she was." Mm-hmm. Which, God, you really hate Catherine, don't you, Stefan? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> And then Stefan admits something uh, really big is that he met her the day her parents died on old Wickery Bridge. They crashed and they went into the water and basically Stefan was told by Elena's dad to save Elena first. So he did, Mm -hmm. but he went back to go save her parents and they were already dead. Mm -hmm. And, you know, saw her face, couldn't believe uh, she looks like Catherine and, you know, then afterwards did some digging. And did some stalking. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm stalking. But I do want to point out, uh, I really love uh, Nina's like one uh, line delivery where she's just like, oh, like everybody wondered how I got out of the car. Like that she's that, it, that this is just like a thing that finally makes sense to her. Um, and that that's such a shocking thing to find out. Like, I think that's a nice shade of the scene and like a piece of it um, that she does really well. Uh, but the big reveal. Well, wait, before that. Do you think that there are people in Mystic Falls that think that Elena somehow killed her parents? I hope not. Tanner definitely thought that. <laughs> it's like, how'd you get out of the car? They're not out of the car. Come on. No, I think Tanner was more like, the wrong kid almost died. <laughs> Rest in hell, Tanner. Rest in hell. <laughs> okay, but yes. Now for the big reveal. Go ahead, Morgan. Uh, Elena is, drumroll please, adopted! Hugh Plum. Yeah, Hugh Plum indeed. Um, (laughs) It's pretty, it's shocking. Yeah, it's a a big thing. It's Mm -hmm. so, definitely not where anyone thought the show would go in the pilot. (laughs) 
Yeah. Even with that whole, you guys look alike. It's like, clearly they're just, you know, related somehow through the Gilbert family. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. What do you think that, Jill? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm processing it the same way Elena is. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. So very emotionally. Maybe not that emotional, but kind of like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty shocking. And um, I mean, you know, Jenna explains some stuff later that all makes sense. The idea that like, you know, her dad was a doctor. He could, you know, make the paperwork anything it needed to be. And that uh, her parents really wanted a baby and she appeared um but it you know it asks a lot of questions ah <laughs> uh, so many questions uh so seven tells her all that and like, they're on solid ground and i guess she's done being upset with him mm-hmm. even though we did tell her he stalked her a bunch but she's like i get it <laughs> <laughs> i did like his note about like how he couldn't look up into the the pierce line like through public records because if people knew he was looking into Catherine, and as we will continue to see you know people are still obsessed with Catherine, so people would know he's looking into Catherine. i mean look i'm obsessed with Catherine. <laughs> i get it here's the deal i'm obsessed with Catherine as well <laughs> but uh it's a good scene it's good for them it's like a you know it's shocking revelation and then elena goes home jenna snaps at her and elena snaps right the fuck back yeah she does am i adopted jenna like uh, Jenna was like, so I'm the guardian. I'm going to tell you what's up. And Melinda's like, no, you're not because I'm adopted. Tell me about that. I feel so bad for Jenna because like she's in such a shitty position. But um, but yeah, fair enough, Elena. She was so close to proper parenting and then Elena ruined it for her. It's hard. Being a parent out of nowhere is really hard. I watching this again, like now, like watching this where I feel like I'm like I'm closer to Jenna's age than Elena's. I'm like, oh fuck. Like being Jenna would be so hard. <laughs> fuck. Jill, how do you feel about Jenna? Do you think her life's hard? Yeah, of course. Imagine gave you two teenagers right now. I'd lose my fucking mind. Oh god, I would like jump off Wickery Bridge. Yeah. But not only do you inherit two teenagers, you lose your family. Again, Jenna lost her big sister. No one talks about that ever. It's really fucked. The only one who pretended to care was Logan of all people. Logan! Maybe Alaric will care. Maybe he'll bring it up soon. Yeah, got a dead wife, dead older sister. Let's talk. Yeah. Speaking of dead wife. Dead wife. So we got Rick at the grill, grading papers while drinking alcohol because he's Rick. <laughs> and then who goes to sit nearby at the bar and orders bourbon Damon and then Rick sees him and has a flashback to Damon killing his wife vampire style I means biting the neck baby Damon killed his wife holy shit Jill what do you think about this unsurprised <laughs> classic, classic Damon move it really is killing people significant others is Damon's move Damo's killed a lot of wives in his day. <laughs> a lot of wives and girlfriends. But it's fun. It sets up it sets up a fun tension. You know, we've seen Alaric kill one vampire and now he has a reason to kill Damon. So uh fun little threat. Bring it on. Yeah, can't wait till he kills Damon and Damon's no longer on the show. Rip. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is time for episode twelve. Yeah. On Pleasantville. Y'all ready to talk about a decade dance? Fuck yeah. 
We should say the, the Mystic Falls town event of the week was a kidnapping, you guys. And which I rephrased as um, transporting an unconscious minor across state lines, which is worrisome. It really is, but it's it happens. It happens. That and falling in a hole. Those were the events of the week. <laughs> and going in a trip to the library. Oh yeah. <laughs> Being a nerd. Being a fucking virgin. <laughs> Jeremy Gilbert, an incel? <laughs> Jeremy Gilbert is not an incel. I, I'm sorry, Jeremy. Yeah, that's weak. You shouldn't be that mean to Jeremy. It's unfair. Jeremy Gilbert fucks. We've already talked about this. Yeah, Jeremy Gilbert is is voluntarily not celibate. So um, <laughs> he's a, and he's a good kid. Um, so Unpleasantville fucking rules. When I realized we were going to be watching it today, I lost my mind. <laughs> The Mystic Falls Decade Dances are one of my favorite things in the world, and I was so excited for Jill to attend her first, so to speak. <laughs> next time, we're going to have to dress up, obviously. Fuck yeah. Bump it. Well, no, next time 70s, so, or no, yes, 60s. So are there still bumpets in the 60s? I feel like people still had vol- voluminous hair in the 60s. Uh, anyways, the our our episode opens uh with uh Elena uh, uh, with uh, Stefan finally giving Elena some vervain to give to everyone in her life. <laughs> yes, finally. Uh, for the Gilbert family, with Jeremy gets a bracelet. Love a bracelet on <laughs> Jeremy. Car- God, poor Caroline's, but has been in need of vervain since the moment Stefan learned that Damon was fucking with her. She's needed vervain, and it's fucked that he didn't do anything to get her that vervain. Stefan could be a better hero. Yes. Um, but then uh, I really like the the whole like pizza guy uh, bit. I think it's smart. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like it. Uh, so also in that opening, uh, Stefan is um, Dave, Elena is trying to figure out who like the mystery man was, and then enter TV's Dylan Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people will probably know him from um, Nikita. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one really good episode of Agents of Shield, uh, the Canadian show being Erica, yeah, he's he's a handsome Canadian actor, and we'll talk about his his resemblance, but it's not quite, but like there's definitely a resemblance to Sean Ferris, which is a weird casting decision that they made in this episode, but <laughs> because it was very confusing to Jill, right? Threw me off so much. As a fan of both actors, like I like obviously very aware of the differences between them but i can understand seeing them both and not being familiar and being like these are the same white guy yeah um i will always understand uh white man face blindness it is uh (laughs) as an expert of all things wb and cw like i know everything about white men i can differentiate a white man like that that's why (laughs) that's my thing but um our white man who caused a car crash um delivers a pizza and uh, Jeremy invites him in, which is only natural uh, to do. And Elena pays him and he uh, does, you know, a, a spooky smile. And we know that he's not on the level. And then when he walks out and the door is closed, he puts the hoodie on. So just so you can get confirmation, he is the guy. I wrote in my notes, just delivering a pizza with no prank element. <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, you know, what he does. Um, then next we have a Stefan and Damon scene. Where Damo's like, I hate books, and he just throws them around. <laughs> Can Damo read is the question. Mm. No, Damo <laughs> read. Damo can he yeah, I I I I like them in this episode so much. Like this is the episode where they're they're very uh they're very much in an uneasy alliance, and because of that, the thruple vibes are off the charts. 
I mean, some may say this is the episode where they're most like brothers. Mm-hmm. Anyone can say that. I wouldn't fight them. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're great. I forget what they talk about in the scene, but I respect it. Stefan's like, what are you looking for? Because Damon's clearly looking for something. He's throwing books all around instead of just looking at one and putting it back on the shelf. Mm -hmm. He's frantically looking. And so Stefan's pissed off about Atlanta, Mm -hmm. uh, about him, you know, kidnapping his girlfriend. Fair. And he wants to know what Damon's up to because, again, Damon's up to something. Mm -hmm. And Stefan knows Brie, apparently, which, again, don't think uh, Stefan knows that Brie was murdered. Yeah. Does anyone ever find out? that Brie was killed yeah I don't think anyone ever finds out about this that's fucked <laughs> but I guess it would be hard to uh bring up in another episode um so they talk uh then I have a um Alaric and Jeremy scene Jeremy I was so I can't tell you guys how excited I was to see Jeremy get an A and I was like what's wrong with you Morgan whereas I'm yelling nerd quarantine's doing things to me you guys I saw I saw Jeremy Gilbert get an A and I was like that kid's really turning his life around. I'm so happy for him. Does Michael know that you stand Jeremy Gilbert now? I have not told him. He will find out when he finds out. <laughs> I'm going to tweet him right now. No! <laughs> it's happening. So I want to make sure everyone can see it. That's why I'm going to tweet it and not just text him. Oh, rude. Um, My spot is being fully blown up. I don't stand. I just, I'm happy that he's happy he got an A. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's working really hard. Jill, how do you feel about Jeremy Gilbert's grades? Um, I don't, I don't have that much of an emotional connection to it. Uh, Some would say you don't stand Jeremy the way that uh, Morgan stands Jeremy. As of this moment, it seems Morgan does like Jeremy more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is just peak Jeremy. He's working hard. <laughs> he's, really nice. he's in scenes with people who he's good at being in scenes with Jesus. Like it's just, it's a, it's a, I think it's the peak use of Stephen R. McQueen anyway I'm so sorry he got an A and Alaric's like don't get too caught up in uh, like the vampires and he's like I don't believe that and then you know he brings up his ancestor's journal and uh, from 1864, and Alaric's like, I would like to read that. And then he just gives it to him. Mm-hmm. He does say that's, like, porn for a history teacher, and I'm like, don't say porn. You say that to the wrong child, and you are getting reported, sir. Oh, no. Uh, Michael responded to your tweet. Let me see this. Uh, Latoya tweeted, Michael Chasen, have you heard? Uh, Morgan stands Jeremy Gilbert now, to which Michael replied, she only feels that way because I'm not in the room to annoy her like Jeremy would. <laughs> he gets it. Uh, I'm gonna tell him to wear more bracelets. For listeners who, I guess, aren't familiar with Vampire Diaries, or this is your first time to, uh, with Jill, congratulations. Um, but also... When we say Stephen R. McQueen, please do know that he is the grandson of the Steve McQueen. And also, I just looked it up. His middle name doesn't even start with R. It should be Stephen C. McQueen, by the way. Maybe C? That's so weird. His middle name is Chadwick. Huh. Uh, Stephen R. McQueen is interesting uh, with his lineage. Kind of like uh, Jeremy Gilbert is. Mm-hmm. Love to read uh, <laughs> Stephen R. McQueen's Ancestors Diaries, too. <laughs> The Steve McQueen Diaries. I would watch that show. See, now I think you're the one who stands Jeremy. No, I stand Stephen R. McQueen. Fair. Well, you stand Jeremy Gilbert. <laughs> He's a good kid. I want him to get good grades. 
finally, our next scene is finally Elena giving Caroline the vervain. And uh, she does call it a lesbian friend necklace because we're freaky like that. An iconic Caroline line. I, I love her. I love her so much. They talk about her and Matt and I love it. Caroline feels weird talking about Matt's situation because, you know, Elena is Matt's ex. But Elena's cool with it because she's with Stefan. But <laughs> Caroline's like, well, Matt's not over you. We all know this. And this is true. We all know this. It's so great because Elena is like almost like comedically over Matt. And Matt is almost like comedically under her, so to speak. <laughs> he, he wishes. Like, she's like, huh, who, Matt? My friend? <laughs> And he's like, he's brooding and she is like, I'm already in like a whole love triangle with two hot vampire brothers. Like, I don't have time to think about Matt. Uh, I love it. But uh, yeah, she kind of like, the thing that I like about Caroline and her kind of like pseudo rivalry with Elena where she just reminds you reminds you like so many things are effortless for Elena like she is like the protagonist of this show and will always have that on Caroline who always has to like work twice as hard to you know like you know in this way kind of like get Elena's leftovers that was like you know the worst way to phrase it although I think Matt is a lovely boy that's how Caroline sees it though yeah like Caroline always has this like this real problem with like her self-esteem and her ego and she really compares herself to Elena a lot and it's really hard for her and I enjoy when the show explores that so I think this is a really nice scene for the two of them yes it is Jill how do you feel yeah I mean I am not into Matt still being so hung up on Elena so I want him and Caroline to like you know (laughs) let's go yeah, you want to figure out their shit and like just full uh, speed ahead, basically. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna argue that I think Matt's Matt's thing is also that like it's not just about Elena. I think it's more about it's about like Vicky's gone too. Like it's about mm. like clinging to the past yes. more, and the fact that he's been left by a lot of people, and yes. I think that he's like a, a wounded dude. So I think that that's also something to consider in his, you know. I honestly forgot. That Vicky was his sister. <laughs> See, that's the thing of kind of like um, Matt Donovan is like stealthily the saddest character in the show all the time, always because that happens, you know, because nothing is there's, you know, no one's uh, snapping anyone's necks like in his general vicinity. But like his sister was always like killed because uh, she became an out of control vampire that Damon, you know, created because he was bored. <laughs> Matt Donovan, sad orphan boy, who's technically not an orphan, but like he's an orphan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so sad orphan boy is applying to be a busboy at the grill now because his mom's not around, his sister's not around, and she was the one working at the grill. Mm-hmm. So uh, enter uh, Sean Ferris of Life as We Know It's fame. I guess some people saw the movie Sleepover. Sleepover fame, yeah. <laughs> he's also in Pretty Little Liars as one of the, the many adults who need to leave these uh, underage uh Young women alone, but he did not. After Vampire Diaries, we're going to be talking about Pretty Little Liars and all the adult males who need to get out of that town. <laughs> oh my gosh, so many. Um, but yeah, the uh, like Elena and Bonnie talk about uh, you know her like birth parents and what she knows, and she's very frustrated, which is fair. Yeah. And then uh, Bonnie and Damon uh, have a little talk because Damon was lurking as usual. Uh huh. Uh, and um, Sleepover saves her. 
from uh, Damon's clutches. Reunions, uh, Sean Ferris saves her from Damon's clutches. <laughs> and then they have some flirting and she's like, oh, you remember me? And he's like, yeah. Uh, he was like a hotshot football star at Mr. False Eye and now he is a bartender at the grill because remember the last bartender got arrested mm-hmm. because Lexi did that to him. <laughs> yep. So he's the new person uh, surreptitiously serving tea with alcohol. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and they're really cute. I think they're sweet. Like, it's, it's nice to see, like, it's nice to see Cat Cram, like, playing, like, something cute instead of being, like, horribly terrorized on the show. But don't worry. It'll all happen soon. Uh, and then Elena goes outside and, uh, gets a scream scene, which rules. Yeah. Pulling a scream to figure out. Calls her on the phone. Uh, he's a little creeper. Mm-hmm. Says he's the guy she, uh, hit with the car. And uh, it's really spooky, and she, you know, zoops the fuck out of there. <laughs> um, then uh, she zoops over to Stefan, who gives her the Gilbert watch. That is a compass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which he apparently stole from Damon. Which uh, Damon stole from Logan, and Logan stole from Jeremy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gosh, this, this thing's been passed around. A lot of thievery happening, you guys. Mm-hmm. And so now she has this. Uh, I like the I like the watch. I like the little sound it makes um, <laughs> when it spins around. I enjoy that piece of sound design because um, it sounds like a little butterfly. Um, and then we have a scene that I like very much. Good Matt and Caroline scene. There's paint, baby. They're painting. Uh, and like at one point, Matt's like, "I really like that we're hanging out. It feels really good." And, I'm, and he's like, "But I'm about to ruin it." Ah. Uh. Uh. So Caroline wants to, she's trying to play it cool, but asking like uh, about the dance and like what she's going to wear and color coordinating. He's like, I'm not going. And it's not like he's blowing her off. It's because he has to work. He's not. Caroline has no chill whatsoever. So she like freaks out. Yeah. He's like, I'm working at the grill. And she's like, since when do you work at the grill? And he's like, well, you know, some people got to work, Caroline. And she's like, no, I'm literally just asking since when do you work at the grill? I didn't know you had a job. Like. But, like, she says it, she said it in her dismissive Caroline way. That's a thing. So he's like, no, no, thank you. Yeah. And there's a weight that comes with speaking as a Forbes to Matt Donovan. Like, always. Like, she is a, she is a member of, a, like, the founding family of this town. Not only is she, like, rich, she is respected. And she has a legacy here that matters. And so that's a thing that's pretty inescapable for the two of them. And I, like, and and this storyline with them is like a lot about that and about the fact that like Matt is a very vulnerable person going into this romance but like also so is Caroline like he doesn't know that she just got mind controlled a shit ton yeah they're really cute they uh paint on each other it's very cute <laughs> uh speaking of cute I wrote in my notes uh, for the next scene Anna you're not pushy you're cute I don't know what happens in the scene but I know she was cute and not pushy yeah, she's like, can we hang out? And then she's like, oh, I'm doing the pushy thing again. And I'm like, it's not pushy to want to be someone's friend. Yeah, she's not pushy until like later at the dance when she's like the journal thing. But Anna's actually playing this all very cool mm-hmm. until she's not. It's weird of her to appear at the dance out of nowhere. That's for sure. I mean, she's a, apparently a weird homeschool kid. Mm-hmm. That could be the reason why. I just don't believe they let her into the dance. Because she doesn't go there. Mystic Falls High has security? Fair enough. Uh... Damon could just say that he's a chaperone. That's just allowed. And then, like, freak dance with a student. <laughs> Hell yeah. Speaking of chaperone, Jenna's a chaperone. 
Yes. He's in her cute little pencil skirt. <laughs> and she and Elena finally talk. Yes. Uh, they talk about the whole backstory of her being adopted. The, you know, 16-year-old girl named Isabel. The office went into labor. Baby. And then she just fucking pieced out. Mm-hmm. And now we have a little bit more information. <laughs> that will come in handy later in the episode. And then we have the scene where Jill asks if their little girl brother... <laughs> But besides that happening, it is a very good scene. (laughs) It's a pretty good scene. It's forever changed because of this piece of information, but it's a good scene. I mean, I was just enjoying the fact that Honoria Fell is a great name. And then (laughs) Jill asked the question. Um, You know, I have heard several like cast members and behind the scenes footage and stuff calling her Gonorrhea Fell. Oh, that's why I love it. It's incredibly funny. It's, I mean... Gonorrhea Fell. Like, I like the tradition of people just giving the Fell family terrible nicknames. <laughs> I do. I am upset that no that no snarky high school kid calls her Gonorrhea Fell in the show, but okay. I mean, that'd be 1800s high school. No, I mean like present day high school when they're like looking at any like lists of old names. Like Tyler would, would call someone Gonorrhea Fell. Tyler would totally call someone Gonorrhea Fell. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of missing Tyler uh, in this in this episode. But uh, yeah, they uh, they kind of Stefan offers Damon a deal in this scene. He's like, "I'll I'll help you get Catherine out of the tomb, not the other vampires. Like they need to die. But if you will fucking like leave Mystic Falls, I'll help you do this thing. Like I have no reason not to, because I want you gone." If Damon is so sure that his relationship with Catherine is real, it's like. She'll want to leave with him, so it's that should be it should work, right? Yeah, that should be a no brainer. But uh, you know, I mean, I think the uh, the boys have trust issues. <laughs> the boys are back in town and they have trust issues. <laughs> uh, that is for sure. But it's it's definitely like a piece of the like. Let me give you an olive branch and let's try to have an uneasy alliance where we're working together, even though we're not friends. Um, which again is uh, something I think the show does that is great and fun. <laughs> I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Why was David writing down the names of the founders? He knows their names. Uh, he's making a little list. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's gonna get their journals. <laughs> but he knows who they are. He doesn't need to write their names. He, he met them. <laughs> he knows who they are. Look, some people make lists. Sometimes we make lists so that we can be productive. <laughs> All I can think is, like, he, he knows them. He knew these people. I can't... I don't understand why he's writing those names down. This is a fair note. It's like if he wrote down Damon Salvatore. <laughs> I mean, I may, I am often writing down Damon Salvatore in my notebook. I don't know. It'd be like if he wrote down his dad's name. Did he write down his dad's name? I have to go back to the scene. I don't know. Probably did. But he did. But why? I don't know. He's trying to keep track how many he needs to get. These aren't new names to him. Jill, you got anything on this? I, I thought it was just like a checklist. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> what? There's... I... What's the check off? He, know, he knows who they are and he'll know if he has their journals or not. That's pretty fair. Alright, fair enough. Damon, why are you making that list? It, it's not like these... Like, a complete newcomer to town is like, I have to learn about the founders. You know who these people are. <laughs> I'm just going to keep repeating that. You know who they are. He, he does know them, that's for sure. <laughs> but anyways, he writes the names down. I'm just going to 
he remembers them from 1864. I mean, you know, he had to learn a lot. He's had to learn a lot of names in his time. But, like, the founders' names are ones he, like, really remembers, especially since he's around the founders' family, like, all the time. Look, it's a good point. I don't have any, I don't have a good rebuttal. But anyways, uh, now we have a Stefan Damon and Elena scene where they kind of, like, put together everything that they know. Uh, well, not yet. Is there a scene in between? Yeah, because it's bumping o'clock and then there's no one in the house, but the compass is going crazy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm so sorry. I have a I have a bullet point that says Elena's bump it. <laughs> you should have known. I'm a fool. But yeah, so it's going crazy and Elena's starting to freak out. Mm-hmm. She calls Stefan's phone. Damon answers. And he says, well, Stefan's on, on his way. So she's like, oh, that must be why it's going crazy. Mm-hmm. I was worried. Then all TV's Dylan Casey is on the ceiling. It's so freaky. It's such a good shot. Jill, was this scary for you? It was like hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> hereditary stole it from Vampire Diaries. They did. You heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, Ari Aster, um, <laughs> we need to talk. We know what you did. <laughs> Yeah, so he's all about being a Spider-Man mm-hmm. on the ceiling, and then Stephanie comes to save the day. There's a lot of vamp speeding, and he's and uh, TV's Dylan Casey's out of there. Yeah, and then then we get the tri- the trio scene. Damon has come over. Mm-hmm. They're like, "How did he get in? He was invited in because he's the he's the pizza guy." Uh-huh. They have to kill him tonight because he's been invited in. So your whole family is in danger. Oh, uh, it's so good. It's such good stakes. Um, it's good stakes, and they're like, we have to go to the dance together now. For plot reasons, we have to be a throuple. We have to do that. And it's great. Um, is this a good time to talk about everybody's outfits? Because we're about to arrive at the dance. Okay, um, so Elena's, we'll go first. Uh, it's so cute. She's wearing a little bumpet. She's got a little waist belt and a little, like, blue top, and it's so cute. Um, Keds and sneakers. We stand. We love. Am I right? Yes. Um, then uh Stefan and Damon are both pretty much in their normal clothes. Like Stefan is kind of wearing like a stripey, I think, madras shirt. Yes. Whatever. But, but I com- yeah. complain about him not having fifties hair and God Paul Wesley should have fifties hair. He should have had fifties hair. Damon just like is always in a black leather jacket, so it's fine. I mean, yeah, because like obviously Stefan was planning to come to the dance. Mm-hmm. So he was coming to pick up Elena, so he's dressed for this. But yeah, Damon just was like, I have to come help. Damon's like, I always look like I'm in the outsiders, so it's fine. <laughs> um, uh, Jenna's is cute. She's wearing a little pencil skirt. And she's like, I love these dances. And I'm like, I love you, Jenna. <laughs> um, uh, Alaric is in a Letterman's jacket, which is so cute. It uh, made me want to um, explode and die. Does Jeremy dress up? No, he's just a normal Jeremy clothing. Yeah, which I think is it makes sense to me. Like I agree. Uh he would not. Uh and then Caroline and Bonnie, their outfits fucking rule. Bonnie is so cute and her blue dress is the best and I love her hair. And Caroline's like little cardigan and the way her hair is pinned, which must have taken legitimately forever, is great. <laughs> And unfortunately, because Matt's working, we don't just see him in an outfit. Um, Tyler's not in this episode, so we don't get to see him in an outfit. And I feel like he would kill it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tyler commits to dressing up. We, we saw him in Halloween. <laughs> um, 
There's there's a great moment where basically like Bonnie and Caroline are like, yeah, this dance fucking sucks, but we spent forever getting ready, so like, <laughs> we're gonna stay an hour. Like I was like, uh, isn't that a fucking high school dance to a T? That <laughs> is that is a mood. And then they get to drag Damon in front of Elena, and that's pretty good too. It's so great when they say that they'll kill him together. I'm like, do it. And they clink their cups. So good. They clink their little cups. And I'm like, do it. Also kill me. I love you. Um, Alaric says that the punch is boss. Uh, I die. Um, yeah. Oh, and Caroline does say, what is this? Some kind of threesome now? <laughs> when she sees uh, Elena with the Salvador boys, which is why she's my favorite. <laughs> Jill, do you want to see Bonnie and Caroline murder Damon? I don't want them to murder Damon. I just want them to, like, hurt him. <laughs> okay, okay, good. That's fair. It's a good take. Um, they are, yeah, they're legit the cutest, and I love them. Uh, Jenna and Alaric talk about his dead wife, and he's like, yeah, maybe we'll find her killer someday. And then he looks right at Damon. Damon, who then asks Elena to dance, and she's like, I'd love to dance, and then she dances with Stefan. It's so good. Oh, yeah, this is after, though. After Buddy and Caroline make sure to, like, blow off David and tell him he fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's the greatest. Um, I love when people are mean to Damon. It is funny. Um, and uh, then we see we see TV's uh, pizza boy in the crowd. TV's pizza boy? <laughs> yeah, he's there. Uh, Stefan dances. He still doesn't do the moonwalk, so fuck you, Stefan. Um, Elena's like, what's the, what are the 50s like? And he's like, uh, McCarthyism, McCarthyism segregation. <laughs> so I was like, I'm a woke bae. So you can ask Bonnie's grams. And Elena's like, but were there poodle skirts? And he's like, yeah, all right, there were. And she's like, okay, cool. And he also doesn't do the hand jive, and I'm furious. It's messed up, but they're very cute, and I like them. Uh, she asks for pictures of him in the 50s, and he says they were all destroyed. Love it. Um, then uh, we have another. We then Anna shows up at the dance uh, out of nowhere, and Jeremy's like, "You're doing that thing again where you pretend that we're dating." And she um, very correctly says, "Get over yourself." <laughs> I am like, I've never been to a school dance. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm a 15 year old girl. I've never been to a school dance. Can I please live? I just want to, like, do something that feels normal. And I was like, of course, let her be. She's good, and there's definitely nothing afoot. Yeah, no prank element. Let me just come to this dance with no prank element. No one's pranking anyone in this episode. No pranks. Um, Jill, did you like this uh, this Anna scene? I thought she was good at it. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I blacked out for most of, most of this episode because I felt like a massive fucking moron. Um, no! so I'd probably go back and watch it <laughs> well please do that because it's great but also don't feel like a moron we're all idiots <laughs> Jill I'm the dumbest person alive <laughs> Jill Morgan is standing Jeremy Gilbert <laughs> I just talked about how I was happy he got on his paper Jill my favorite flashback is the dumbest fucking scene in this entire show <laughs> The dumbest scene. It is so stupid. It is a scene for morons. It is arguably the worst scene in the show in some ways. <laughs> yes. It is a scene that makes you wonder, why am I watching the show? It's a scene that the show never attempts its sort again, because I believe it is embarrassed by how it went. <laughs> well, uh, the notes I have for this episode... <laughs> 
<laughs> very few that I have are are pizza boy and bartender two different people, mm-hmm. and then pencil stabbing. LOL. <laughs> Look, these are good notes. <laughs> um, they're you're, they're good notes and they're correct notes. <laughs> Um, after this, uh, Bonnie and Caroline go to the grill, and Caroline calls Ben a washed-up jock who pours drinks for a living, and Matt overhears her. Yeah. Not great. Not great. It's a shitty thing of Caroline to say, which Caroline later makes the point that she says a lot of shitty things. (laughs) But it is one of those things where, like, you... Or insult like a person or a type of person and then completely miss that like you might think the person in your life is better than those people basically it's like well no they're like having the same circumstances yeah like they're exactly the same and I don't know yeah like it's just it I went to I went to a high school with a lot of very rich kids and I was not uh, a rich kid and it was like always awkward like this I was one of the like few people in my like, in my circle of friends with, like, an after-school job. And I know it it feels different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a tough, it's a tough. You know, Caroline mentions the, the washed-up jock thing. Matt can't get a football scholarship because football was canceled. It's so fucked up because he, like, has that scene with, uh, with, Bar- with um, Sean Ferris uh, where he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just like you, minus the state championship. And I'm like, fuck like he doesn't even have a chance to do this one thing that could like help him (laughs) can't believe damon got football canceled piece of shit the worst thing damon's ever done get football canceled (laughs) like i'm trying to think we should keep a tally of what's the worst the worst things uh damon has ever done to matt donovan specifically in certain Number one's gotta be killing his sister, but number two is for sure canceling football as of now. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing this down. So. <laughs> this list will be very long. Mm-hmm. And look, there's more to come. Those are two pretty big things to start, and it just never ends. Yeah, it never does. Not bad for, like, two characters who have never met. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, he's like, Damon really... <laughs> fucked Matt over and enjoy I'm gonna be excited to look at this through this lens Damon has met Tyler and has not met Matt whose life he has ruined already <laughs> he is fully yeah yeah I mean he killed his sister um our next uh our next scene is the is when Alaric comes up and introduces himself to Damon I think this is the first time Damon says he's like Stefan's legal guardian I feel like it's kind of implied when he's talking to um, Lizzie, if you know about kids, don't want them to hear. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, I mean, Rick's trying to, um, this is where Lark says he's never met Stefan, but he's heard he's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> go to school, Stefan. Go to school or drop out. Uh, that's my take. Uh, don't go to school dances, Stefan, if you're not going to go to school. You, should, you I don't think you should be allowed. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, like uh alaric asked damon a lot of questions and then he's like sorry i'm nosy it's nice meeting you and kind of like scuttles off but yeah damon's kind of like this he realizes this guy's fishing for something mm-hmm. yeah rick kind of uh pushes a little too hard a little bit too hard a little too hard um but but damon has bigger fish to fry right now with the whole pizza boy on the loose yeah. Uh, we have another Bonnie and Caroline scene, and Caroline says another thing that is such a like school dance take, where she says, "Oh, this night was so much better on paper." Yes, I put that in my notes. 
I just felt like, oh, oh, man, we've just all been there. I don't think I had a good time at a single school dance. Uh, I feel like middle school was fun. You know what? Yeah, middle school dances were probably my favorite. <laughs> Jill, what do you think? Were school dances fun for you? I didn't mind them. <laughs> Jill, were you... Were you popular in high school? Did you have a good high school experience? Oh, fuck no. I <laughs> In seventh grade, a classmate came up to me and asked if I was a mute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I yes. said nothing back to him. So, Gavin, <laughs> if you're out there, <laughs> I am not a mute. I have two hours of audio right now that prove otherwise. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> oh my god. No, I just went with a bunch of my friends and we always had a good time. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. I would always like my friends would end up like having dates or everyone would be like so aggro about not having dates that it would like poison the vibe. Mm. Oh boy. Where, yeah, where like all the girls would be like, I'm so sick of being alone that I'd be with and I'd be like, guys. We could just have fun. <laughs> yeah, not a great time for me. But I but I loved uh I loved watching a Mystic Falls Decade dance. <laughs> I will say a story for a senior prom. Uh all the girls in my friend group, we all got our, our periods synced up, so we all are on our periods during prom. <gasps> oh, <no>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh I uh I'm trying to think my I went with just like three of my friends for my prom and it was, uh, it was like, it was mostly nice, but a little bleak. <laughs> oh, okay. I never, I, both my prom dresses were like bad dresses. I'm, I regret uh, them very much. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay. I have looked hot other times. I'm sure. <laughs> like to see the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, yeah, uh, uh, listeners of this podcast, if you think I've ever looked hot at any time, please. Make sure <laughs> that. I'd love to hear about the times that I'm sure. Exist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, Bonnie asked Ben out. <laughs> yes. And then uh, Matt and Caroline have a scene where he has like the higher ground in the argument and then she's able to flip it. Like, that's magic. Which is why I love her so much. Yeah, because he has, like, great line. He's like, yeah, I have a table to clean. That's the kind of thing that, like, washed up jocks do for a living. And she's like, no. That's where where she's like, I said a stupid thing, but I'm always saying stupid things. You know that's not me. Like, please, can we talk about this? Uh, And then here's where Anna, like, ruins her chances Mm -hmm. right now. Here's where Anna freaks out. Um, She wants to borrow the Gilbert Journal uh, and she like is really pushed. This is where she's pushy. Mm-hmm. She's really weird about it, and she gets a case of the horny eyes. Yeah, I mean, we could call them vampires, but like they, thanks to Stefan, they've mostly been horny eyes, so they're now horny eyes. She does get. She gets a very subtle horny eye, which I love. Yeah. She's kind of like her veins like bubble up a little bit under her eye, and Jeremy's like, whoa. Yeah, this is more of an angry horny eye, mm-hmm. uh, but a horny eye nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, my, arguably my favorite Stefan and Elena moment ever happens, which is when he, uh, tosses her around for the dance. It's so cute. And that's where I wrote in the chat, all caps, Paul Wesley, a man. <laughs> Truly though, they are so cute. I wrote, he toss her, it's good. 
Oh, this is where this is where I came back in. My brain arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and she, like you wrote, it's never gonna happen again, which is what he says. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if someone does that and they're like, "Yeah, that's never gonna happen again," that's such a huge turnoff for me. I'm like, loosen up, <laughs> calm down. I would just argue that like he's saying I'll never do that again but like that that's all talk like he's clearly like so into her and knows that she that she liked that and I don't think that's something he's gonna like forget (laughs) if not for you know like dealing with the stalker we might see have seen like Stefan do the hand jive honestly but like they had to focus on other things during the stance yeah someone's actively trying to murder her she has potentially about to die might as well have fun (laughs) <laughs> keep your head on a swivel though jill you gotta stay alert mm-hmm. uh, yeah. anna has a scene with the pizza boy uh and i wrote who cares they danced it's <laughs> <laughs> not being not very good podcasting uh for me uh but yes <laughs> they are working together both vampires obviously we know that uh, they're working together to open the tomb. These are the people who want to open the tomb. Mm-hmm. And remember, Logan said he knew people who wanted to open the tomb. So there you can put that together. Yeah. And so he was not s- supposed to be stalking Elena, apparently, according to Anna. Been stalking her because she looks like Catherine. So we got another boy who's all about Catherine in this damn town. Yeah, he seems he's very interested in the fact that she looks like Catherine and he wants to mess with her. And that's, you know, how he gets his kids. Um, here's Damon dancing yep Damon dances with someone it's great someone will dance with Damon Um, then I wrote the eye emoji with the pizza boy and then we get another scream scene which is fucking great Uh, pizza boy calls Elena and he's right next to Jeremy and he's like if you don't leave the room so I can hunt you uh, I will snap your brother's neck and it's very scary (laughs) but uh, Elena runs from this dude and stabs him with pencils which rules (laughs) It's so good. And then she somehow rules even more by breaking a mop in half with her knee. She, she did that. And then trying to stake him, he stops her. But like, it was cool that she did that at all. It's just really cool. Like, she's really active. She's trying. Like, they don't, uh, they don't uh, damselify her. Although her, her kneecap should be broken. Yeah, that would hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're human. <laughs> Your kneecap should be shattered. Maybe it was it was already loose there. The public school system is very old, weak mop. <laughs> but um, the the boys save her. They stab him in the tummy and they interrogate him. And he's like, "I'm not gonna tell you anything." More stabs, and then he's like, "She looks like Catherine." Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where like you know Catherine, and he notes, and this is something he brought up with Anna, which is he knows the Salvatore brothers. Mm-hmm. Like he said, he says, "Like I was never intimidated by them. They are just uh, so self-involved. They don't remember him, <laughs> but like they know each other." It's so funny because like it's it's I I always love to think about um like tertiary characters in anything. Like whenever community would acknowledge that everyone else at the college hates like you know the main characters of the show like they're always doing their own thing like it's so annoying and they're always causing trouble like i just imagine everyone in 1864 feeling that way about the salvador brother honoria fell must have hated them honoria fell is like oh my god the salvador boys are fighting over Catherine pierce and it's so annoying and they think they're being subtle about it and they're not and we're all sick of it <laughs> uh classic honoria fell Ugh, what a gossipy bitch. Um, Stefan kills him, 
because he has to die because Elena. He's been invited in. <laughs> he also, before he was killed, mentions the uh, Emily's grimoire and also Jonathan Gilbert's journal. And it's a good thing that Damon wrote all those names down just so we can circle Jonathan Gilbert. Mm-hmm. So he knows it's not Honoria Fell's journal that has the information. Although I would like to read it because I bet she had some scorching hot takes. <laughs> I mean, as, as the original uh, broadcast journalist of Mystic Falls. <laughs> Right, as, as the newswoman of Mystic Fall. Uh, but then we have a we have Damon scene with Alaric where he is like fed up with him always being around about with you know attitude, and he tries to compel him and is like, "What's your deal?" And he's like, "I'm just a guy." <laughs> Did you see anything? And he's like, "No." <laughs> and then Damon's like, "Cool, forget we talked about this," and leaves. And then we see Alaric holding some vervain. Can vampires not even touch vervain? I mean, it can touch. It's not going to feel good for him. He'd, he'd probably be looking real sick if he was doing it. Because obviously, someone was playing around with Vervain to, to make those like all that jewelry. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like like touching a cross in Buffy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it'll like sizzle and it'll hurt. Yeah, that's like when uh, they first put um, Damon in the cellar. It was like in the room with all the Vervain. And that's what was helping to weaken him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's bad vibes for them. Yes, so uh, Alaric is one hundred percent a human. He just likes ugly rings. Yeah, he's just an ugly family ring. We then have a Stefan and Damon scene, and they agreed on this little deal. And uh, Stefan says, "You know, I'm just the only thing is like I'm there when you open the tomb. We get Catherine out. We kill everyone else, and you get out of town." And and Damon says, "I don't think I can trust you." And he says, "Trust that I want you gone." Aww. At this point, which is, you know, like, sad because, like, they kind of were, like, vibing. They'll never be on Amazing Race now. <laughs> but Damo and Catherine could be. Oh, uh, I would pay to watch that as well. Catherine Pierce on Amazing Race would be. I, w- I would watch Amazing Race. 100%. But, uh, yeah, that scene's great. Uh, then the next scene is Caroline apologizing to Matt. And this is where she says, like, I say stupid things. And she says, I'm like, I'm working on it. Which I think... To me, there are a few things more charming than a person uh, trying to be better. And this is when Matt says, like, it feels really good, this thing between us. And then he overthinks it. And Carol really does do a good job of turning it back at him. Because he's like, yeah, like, if we like if we keep going, then this will probably happen. And this will probably happen. And this will probably happen. And it'll fizzle out. And she's like, cool. Well, congratulations. You took that step all on your own. And you decided how it was going to go. And now it's as if we've taken it. And... Goodbye. Which <laughs> um, is pretty valid. Uh, and then we have Alaric dropping Jen off at home. What a gentleman. Just trying to figure out, was this a date? He's like, no, this wasn't a date. Uh, but Friday could be a date. He's a uh, boy is smooth. Whew. Jill, what do you think of that line? Uh, loved that. <laughs> Big fan of that part. <laughs> Glad I came back for it. <laughs> I fucking like yeah that line's so good but like friday like dinner in a movie like that could be a date i was like holy shit like jenna hold on to this gentleman yeah never think about logan ever again truly never um yeah it's so great she's like yeah of course and then he's like yeah i should cool it on the dead wife talk like talking about my dead wife isabel and then oh Hey, Jill, do you think it's just a coincidence that his uh, dead wife uh, from Virginia is uh, named Isabel? There's never coincidences. 
<laughs> yeah, it seems as if uh, we will be learning more about that soon. <laughs> you guys, the next scene. Uh, Caroline is storming off and she's angry. Matt follows her in his truck and he's trying to talk to her. I have uh, a bunch of exclamation points written because they kiss. They do. And I'm like, well, that's a kiss. There you go. That's how you kiss someone. It's such a good kiss. And like, you can, and like the, like the headlights are like filtering through their silhouettes and like her hair. Ugh, it's the best. And he smiles at her and says, this will never work. Aww. Which is (laughs) cute as hell. Jill, are you happy to kiss? I am. I, I just want them to be happy. Aww. Me too. Again, I I do want to stand by that so far, I think uh, Matt and Caroline are uh, each of their best relationships. It's, a, it's good stuff. Yeah, they're cute as all dang heck. <laughs> My hot take. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stefan is making Elena tea. Which is also very hot of him. Uh, and Jill hated his shirt. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad shirt. I didn't like it. The 50s, baby. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Yeah, uh, Elena is uh, talking about how she's not traumatized after tonight, which is amazing. There's a lot of stabbing and she is p- perfectly fine, apparently. Which is great. And then he's like, well, that's like adrenaline. Like, it'll wear off and you'll feel like shit later. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then he explains to her that he lied to Damon. He is not going to help him. Or like, at least not in the way that he's promised. And Elena says that she will help. Because, yeah, Damon may have... Uh, kidnapped her into bonding with him in Atlanta but you know he still did a lot of really shitty stuff don't forgive him <laughs> mm-hmm. it's nice to hear Elena be like yeah I'm under no illusions that like Damon and I are best friends like if it's like we should keep him from doing mischief <laughs> and it's good because Stefan is uh, you know being honest with his girlfriend for once and it's a good look on him yeah it's so much easier than being like I can explain and then not explaining yep but they're cute as heck there. Another another couple of cuties, and I really like them. And uh, should we move on to our final scene? Yes. Um, we uh, see um, our bartender getting off work. He's slammed into the wall by Vampire Anna, and then he shows off that he's a vampire as well. Uh, yeah, Anna's doing a, a lot of creepy monster stalking. It's like, oh no, she's gonna eat this cute boy. Yeah. And poor Bonnie, but uh, poor Bonnie in a different way. Yeah, Bonnie's got a date with a vampire. My favorite Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> yeah, and then I think they, they're like, oh yeah, Pizza Boy died because he, you know. Was... Yeah, he's wondering where he is and it's like his obsession got the best of him and the Salvatore brothers. But uh, yeah, then we have that great Mr. Sandman drop and... Oh, what a needle drop. What a needle drop. It's the opposite of like that terrible one from the, the, the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, ah. gang. <laughs> Some episodes. Some episodes, baby. The truth. <laughs> Jill, I don't want you to feel bad ever. Never. Again, all idiots. So stupid. I, like, I'm unbelievably stupid. <laughs> the um, dumbest flashback is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, it's not even the dumbest one because of the one we were talking about. <laughs> In season seven. Which we'll argue which I'll argue is my favorite. <laughs> We're a couple of idiots, Jill. <laughs> Jill, I've I've watched this show so many times. <laughs> Again, like I um 
I, yeah, I, I can't tell you. I, I love this show, and I've said so many embarrassing, horny things on this podcast, so please, uh, you're the best. <laughs> this podcast might get us banned from the internet. <laughs> it's true. Everyone will know how stupid we are. <laughs> I am worried about people finding out how dumb I am. What Gavin from seventh grade? He knows I'm not a mute now, so <laughs> you gotta drop the link to this podcast. <laughs> I'm talking, bitch. <laughs> should we? Uh, should we talk about Jill's character rankings? Yes, absolutely. Oh man, um, I don't know. <laughs> you got me for number one. I would put yeah. I mean, I don't think anything's really changed in these two. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Damo would be a little higher. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess Bonnie still won. I'd put Damo up there. Um, I would actually maybe put Elena up there for the pencil stabbing. <laughs> yes! Nice. Good, correct. <laughs> How did you feel about the mop breaking with her knee and not shattering her kneecap? <laughs> you know what? Adrenaline. That's a bad bit. Yeah. She she did it. I love her. I'm proud of her. <laughs> I'm going to like get my Swiffer and try to break it in half, see what happens. <laughs> to be fair, that's metal. <laughs> uh, Swiffer break challenge. <laughs> I'm going to start a viral challenge. God. Yeah, we just want all the nudes to break their legs. The Vampire Diaries made me do this. <laughs> um, I think those are very respectable rankings. Good. And uh, crushes. We got to get our crushes in, guys. Oof. Hmm. It's hard. Mine for um the first one that was eleven, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, first one for eleven, demo, crush, mm-hmm. crushing Come hard. Back. Um, and then I would say for twelve, uh, considering I blacked out for half of it, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would. Say, you gotta rewatch the episode. Yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> Caroline, because of how she flipped it back on Matt. Yes. It really was magic what she did. That was beautiful. Yeah. uh, I am going to go with um, some characters that have some things in common. They're witches. They're uh, black. Mm -hmm. They're women. Mm -hmm. It is going to be Brie and Bonnie. Okay. I love it. I'm going to pick Elena for my 11 crush like how much fun she has in this episode uh and how much she just like sticks to her guns and is like in it for herself i think it rules and i'm going to say Daphne for pleasant folks i love that dance scene i like him working with damon but also being smart enough to not fully be doing it like it's good it's good Stefan stuff he's being a good boyfriend <laughs> it's good stuff good crushes you guys yeah dang no one chose a crush that we should mock like uh morgan hasn't chosen jeremy yet so that's good i'm uh i'm gonna let you know right now i don't think that's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) we'll see how things go look maybe i'll shock us all but i i he's a child (laughs) (laughs) i want to know if we got any contrarian listeners in the house uh people who listen to disagree with us the people we're gonna fight as we threaten every episode Oh, yeah, we do threaten to fight a lot of people. <laughs> Worried about the grudges we're starting. Quick, Jill, cut a wrestling promo about how you're going to fight everyone. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, guys. I think that about does it. <laughs> yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at LaFergs. From there, you can find my writing. 
So do that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lorgan Mudich, uh, and uh, you can find uh, me on other so other platforms that that way as well. <laughs> and I am on Twitter at Jilbo Baggins, but two eyes instead of two L's. Um, and I think we should do a new tradition at the end of every episode, which is play a song from the Vampire Diaries. Uh, the first episode, uh, we're starting this, uh, we will play um, the song Cut by Plum. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be happening right here. Enjoy Cut. <laughs> Enjoy Cut, you guys. 